podcast for everything that is CW's The Flash, starring Grant Gustin as Barry Allen slash The Flash, the fastest man alive. And I'm one of your co-hosts, Andy McBite. So happy to have you on the show with us. And with me are my co-hosts, Adam Holmes and uh, Scott Murray. Hey, guys. Hello. There. Hello. Hi, how are you guys doing today? Uh, Doing pretty good, actually. What an episode it was last night. It was phenomenal. But uh, before we get to any Flash discussion, we have some news from last week. So, Adam, what what has happened in the Flash news section recently? Well, we've gotten a few uh, exciting castings. Uh, last week, you know, for it's probably months now, we have known that Robbie Amell is going to be playing Ronnie Raymond, a.k.a. Firestorm, on the show. Uh, and he, he'll make his first appearance next week. But as most, as m- many comic fans know, and, you know, Firestorm fans know, Firestorm is just not one person. He's actually two people fused together. And now we know who is going to be playing the other half of Firestorm. Uh, alias alum Victor Garber will be appearing on The Flash as Martin Stein, the physicist who is fused with Ronnie. It's very exciting. And what episode is he showing up in? Debuting in episode 12, and it's a lot farther away than when Ronnie makes his debut, so it'll be interesting to see how they sort of incorporate him into the whole Firestorm aspect. You know, this is the first time we're going to see him, we're going to learn about him here, but uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun because, you know, we don't know exactly how Firestorm is going to be done on the show, but presumably Ronnie and Stein will be able will be like communicating with each other while they're fused, and considering in the comics how completely opposite their personalities are it's going to be fun to see them kind of bicker back and forth on what to do with with, to do with dealing with situations scott what do you think about this casting uh well i mean definitely a really good really good actor for the role um in, in a sense i i couldn't help but think it was interesting that we um find out who firestorm is going to be after multiplex dies because wasn't multiplex uh, in one of the comic series, uh, wasn't he a uh, a villain that yes. faced off against Firestorm? He was, he was, and um, well, we will talk about it in a bit. And uh, but I just want to say I think it's a cool casting. It's been a while since I saw him in anything, but I remember calling my big sister and I told her, "Oh, this uh, this dude is joining the um, the show," and she was like, "Oh my god, it's so amazing!" And uh, I like to I like to view. Some of these news through her eyes, which is kind of cool because she isn't really into the comic books, but she loves these shows and movies, so it's kind of fun. And we have another casting that came out actually the same day, funny enough. Yeah, we did. Uh, hours after, um, Andy Mintis, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, most well known from the NBC show Smash, 
was cast as Hartley Rathaway, who comic book fans might know better as the Pied Piper. So a very important Flash, not only just a Flash villain, but a Flash character altogether. Uh, he is going to debut in episodes 11 and 12. Uh, Rathaway will be Harrison Wells' former mentee who lost his hearing during the Star Labs Parkle Accelerator. And now he's seeking revenge. He's built this sonic weaponry to kill uh, Wells' newest uh, mentee, the Flash. Protégé, I should say. And more interesting enough is that they are going to keep the gay aspect of him. So we're going to have a gay villain on The Flash, which is kind of cool. You know, something that I can relate to uh, as I'm bisexual. And it's going to... I think it's going to be very cool. And it's, uh, it's... I think it's the first time in a long time since we had a gay villain, actually. Is that correct? I... Maybe Scott remembers something else. I, I think this may be one of the first times. Uh, yeah, maybe in a uh, a comic book um, series, they're they're um, the only one that I could think of, of a show that I would watch where someone was a little bit of a villain uh, um, was Revenge in the first I think the first season, but in a comic book series, I uh, can't think of any that come to mind since yeah, okay. those are just kind of getting started uh, on TV now. See, I never saw a Smash, the show he did on NBC, but I, I think he looks the part, and I, I know he has played gay characters before, so that's good. So it, it will be interesting to see how they portray him. And also, will, will he connect with, um, with uh, David Singh, who is, uh, in, in the comic book, he is in a relationship with Harley Rathaway. Yeah, that's right, because they've already shown David Singh in the first two episodes, so they've definitely established him as... Or at least a recurring character. So yeah, maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll meet at some point. I hope they do, and I hope that they actually get together because it would be kind of fun to see a villain and um, police captain actually get it together. <laughs> no, I Indeed. I I don't know why that was so funny, but okay. But um, no, but those are our casting news, and I'm sure that because. This always happens that something is announced after we've done our episode and after we publish it and everything. It's probably there's probably going to be some big casting later this week. It's just my speculation and my bad luck. <laughs> so, but uh, we will see what happens. But that's our Flash news for this week, and we're gonna jump right into this episode, episode two of the Flash, fastest man alive. So let's pro- focus on. Team Flash. Yes, that's the name I'm sticking to because I think that's a good name. Uh, we see a lot of conflict in this team this week. Um, we see Cisco, who is loving that Barry is out there saving people and everything, while Caitlin is not so much. Uh, Scott, what did you think about the dynamic that the Team Flash had this week? Um, yeah, I agree that they're um, they're. You know, spending more time together, trying to figure out, you know, exactly, you know, the right and wrong ways to perhaps use Barry's power. Uh, you know, they introduced the whole glucose element today or uh, in the last episode. Um, and the only other thing that really stuck out to, what stuck out to me was uh, Caitlin was kind of driving me up the wall in the first half of the episode. <laughs> I was really getting tired of that girl yelling. I was glad she calmed down by the second second half of the show. But uh, yeah, it's a dynamic that's uh, growing nicely. Adam? Yeah, I, I agree with Scott. Uh, in the pilot episode, you know, Caitlin, while she did get excited a few times, she was relatively cal- calm for most of it. So to see her just get all 
angry and yelling during the second episode was a little bit jarring. Yeah. Uh, but then at the same time, I did like sort of the contrasting personalities between Cisco and Caitlin. You know, Cisco's the fanboy. He loves the fact that he knows this guy that has super speed, who's, you know, being a superhero, helping people. Whereas Caitlin's sort of more looking at like the aspect of, oh, no, you need to moderate yourself. You can't be going off running doing whatever we need to make sure we're studying your abilities and making sure you're okay so i did like that element of it but you know as far as the whole just general team flash um i i think it was i think this episode was a good uh, showcase of them what i really enjoyed was because you know because when when you have a team that is just just put together very recently i like to see the origin of that team basically come to fruition, where they are arguing, arguing, and they're having issues, and they don't. Not everyone is getting along at first because if they were all, if they were all getting along right away, then it would, you know, the, it, the dynamic wouldn't be as fun because then it means that oh, nothing can go wrong, everyone will be fine with each other and everything. And um, but but I agree with you guys. Caitlin was. <laughs> She was very loud, uh, which I, which I can relate to because I'm a very loud person. So, uh, but hey, that's what I said about Donna from Doctor Who. So any character who's loud, that's I'm like, yeah, I can relate to that. But uh, no, but you know what? I have a theory. I think that one reason why she is so frustrated and maybe perhaps protective of Barry is because I think she, after the whole accident uh, nine months ago. I think there's actually a part of her that's very protective of Barry because she's she's afraid that she might lose him like she lost Ronnie. And maybe so maybe that's why she's just worried that something bad is going to happen to him if he's not careful. So but we, we don't know. She was loud and she was screaming a lot. It was kind of funny that Cisco pointed out that oh no one has made her that pissed since Ronnie. And <laughs> but um and seeing Cisco, I, I have to say, Cisco is such a great character. He is so much fun, and he's like I think all of us can relate to him a little bit. In like you know, in any aspect when it comes to his fanboyish um, behavior, I think we can all relate to that, right? For sure. me personally, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, but and then. <laughs> then there's Harrison, but I think we're going to save him till the end. But one person who's not happy about some of these things that is going on with Barry saving people is uh, Papa West. And before I let you guys say, say anything, I just have to point this out. I think Jesse L. Martin stole the show last night. Mm-hmm. I wholeheartedly agree with that statement. <laughs> It was like, I know everyone was great in the episode, but there was so many times whenever he comes on and he would lecture Barry or he would yell, yell at the team or he would um, argue with him. It's such a strong presence that he brings to the screen. And it's, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Well, yeah, you know, there were a lot, you know, when you have it, when you have a show with a cast like this, you know, you're obviously paying attention to every character, you know. They're usually giving good performances. But for me, yeah, it was the same. Joe definitely just, he was the, for me, he was the star of that episode. Just, he was just delivering a great performance. You know, you can tell, you could tell he really does care and, and love for, and love Barry. He is concerned about his safety. And, you know, even though he has super speed, he brings up a good point. You're not invulnerable. You're not invincible. You can still get hurt. And so to see that kind of, 
that fatherly side of him come out for Barry. It was just, it was just great. And I got, you know, we did see that in the pilot, but I'm glad we got to see it kicked up a notch for this episode. Yeah, I agree. And, um, yeah, he's, he's definitely a scene stealer when he's on, you know, you believe he is who he says he is. Um, there were actually a number of things that happened in the last episode that involved Joe that I thought really stood out. Um, you know, even, even the show covering some of its, you know, um, I guess smaller details that might be a little cheesy to some, you know, when, when, you know, when he, uh, when the flash, uh, or in this case, it was just Barry, um, first faced off against the multiplex and all of his guys and he did it in front of iris and then he ended up outside and then said oh i fainted you know there's joe to go dude don't say you fainted she's smarter than that <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's what he did that, that's the funny thing i was like but, but he did faint that's what he did he didn't lie that's yeah why well, it was so funny <laughs> yeah right um i also really liked the time where we saw Joe asking Dr. Wells, did you know about Barry before you took him to star labs and that whole element? And then of course, Dr. Wells challenging Joe on how much he's questioning Barry and infusing more doubt that he may already have about himself and how that might hurt him in the long run, which then later made us think even more, okay, who is Dr. Wells? <laughs> but, uh, you know, Joe is kind of in the middle of, of everything, all, all of the conflicts and all the things that are going on. He, he's kind of there, and the show's telling us there's a reason for that uh, because uh, he has a very long history with Barry and uh, very much cares about what happens to him. Now, when, when Joe asked him, did you know that Barry could do these things uh, when you asked to bring him to Star Labs? I don't think Harrison knew that Barry could run necessarily, but maybe that that something was up with him. Although yeah, there is that's... that well, there is that the fact that he's probably from the future. Of, okay, he knew that Barry oh. could run. Never mind. I, I'm stupid. But uh, no, but that that was a good scene, and it's would you? I know a lot of viewers out there looks at Harrison as in a way as a father figure for Barry. Do you guys look at him as that? Well. Yeah, and I mean, it, I've seen this in a couple of interviews, but I think the show is trying to aim for Barry having three father figures. You know, you have his father. Well, Oliver like, has no one. <laughs> yeah, Oliver has no one. <laughs> but yeah, so you have his father, Henry, who, you know, is his genetic father and his is stuck in prison. And, you know, Barry's trying to help him get out as soon as he can. You have Joe, who took him in as a child and raised him from like age... I don't know, 10 or 12 up and really cares for him. And then you have Harrison who, you know, Barry hasn't known him that long, but he's sort of mentoring Barry in his own way. So I think Barry has a three father system going right now. Scott. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I just think that they're going to do everything they can to keep us guessing who, uh, Harrison is and, uh, they're doing a really good job. <laughs> I mean, we clearly know how how Joe fits into uh, Barry's life, but we're still trying to figure out what's what's happening with Harrison. Yeah, no, but I'm but but circling back around to Joe I, just, once again, just Hillman. It was sort of amazing performance. There was this one scene 
in Star Labs when Joe he he visits them, and it's kind of funny when when he's like, "You're supposed to be working with me," and Caitlin's like, "Mm-hmm," and she's like, "Don't look at me. I'm on your side." <laughs> that yeah, the 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 look she gave him, she was like, "Don't look at me," and uh, but then there's that moment when. Barry says, well, I'm not your kid. You're not my father. My father is in Iron Heights. And you saw on Joe's face that he was about to cry. You saw the tears just starting to come out of his eyes, but he had to hold it back because, you know, he he wanted to man up and not show that he got hurt by that. But it was... Even I was a little bit pissed at Barry in that moment. I was thinking, come on, he took you in and treated you like you're his own son. And that's, I know. There, I think there's gonna be a dynamic throughout the season and throughout the whole show, where Barry and Joe they're gonna have these arguments. And the fact that he, maybe Barry doesn't look at him as a dad, but Joe does treat him as a son. So well, I mean, I I think it's really important, you know, to uh, understand the psychology of a kid who's who doesn't get to grow up with his dad because dad's in prison for a crime that you believe your entire life is. Uh, something he didn't commit, and you also spent most of your life telling your chaperone you helped put him away, and now you're trying to be my dad. And here he is as an adult, still working with the guy, and you know, since he's a little more mature, has some appreciation for him, and of course works for him, and is responsible for giving him kind of a living. Um, you know, he, there's still going to be that anger because his dad is still in prison for something that Barry firmly believes he uh, didn't do, and. You know, that just grows over time and, you know, when when you hit the right button or pull the right trigger, that's the, the anger tied to that is just going to come out no matter who it is. But, I mean, to be fair really quickly, I mean, at the end, Barry did acknowledge that Joe has been basically a father to him since he took him in. So at least they kind of yeah, um, acknowledged I, that. I, I, I kind of so. forgot about it. I, I like the final scene when he... Yeah. When he came in with like free pizzas, and by the way, Barry has horrible, horrible taste in pizza. Uh, what was it? I, I, pepperoni, I'm fine with that, but the uh, olives, ugh, no, no thanks. Uh, but speaking and of jalapenos, no. <laughs> uh, nope. Once again, Barry, get a new taste in pizza. I will, I, I call, call me and I will help you out. Um, only pepperoni for God's sake, <laughs> and um, and maybe some peppers and tomatoes but um what man i just got hungry but it's um but let's move on and focus on iris and eddie for a second um i i'm still wanting more Ed, eddie scenes where he's not just with um with iris all the time i want to see him as his own character and i guess we're getting that a little bit later but man he is so perfect and it's like it, it does annoy me at a certain degree it's like you have everything. You have the looks. You have a good job. You have an amazing woman. And it's like he's basically giving Barry the middle finger with, by being nice. Yeah. I, he's that, hiding something. And that's the thing. Yeah. And you're right. He is so likable. He has the looks. He has that charm. He has such a likable personality. And that's why I find him, why I dislike him so much. He just has right. this smugness. He has a smugness to him. It's annoying. Are you are you jealous because he has things that you don't? Oh, that, no, I'm okay. Kidding. Fair. That is part of it. And uh, yeah, well, I, 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 you know, look, I, I'm, 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 I'm I'm feeling the same way. I wish I was that good looking that I had an amazing woman like Iris. And hey, you know, 
I'm not really into being a police cop, police detective or anything. But hey, if I if I could have if I could have a good job like that, that would be kind of badass. But I don't know, Scott. What what do you think about this? Well, you know, I I think um, you know since we're all kind of on the same page about that, I would <laughs> suggest that that's exactly what the writers want you to. Uh, think about him because there's there might be a bigger plan for him down the road. I mean, there is obviously some speculation of who he might turn out to be. Um, you know, if he's he's got all these good things going for him, or at least on the surface, you have to think there might be elements of something that he's hiding. Um, and of course, he's one of uh, the people that uh, some think might actually be Reverse Flash or some form of villain. And you know, that might be also a reason why the show right now isn't wanting you to focus a whole lot on him because they got bigger plans for him uh, as the show goes along. It's just that I'm, a, I'm afraid that he might be Arrow's Tommy in a way that he is. You know, you love him so much and then he's going to go down a horrible path because I I will say this, when 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 Tommy and Oliver started fighting I, and it was just about Laurel, I, I got a little bit upset because I, I don't like when two guys are just fighting about a woman. I, I like to ha- see them have... <laughs> Uh, a serious conflict about something that is that affects them both, not just about a woman. And um, but um, but I don't know. It's um, no, but I, I think you're, that's a good point, Scott. That maybe they're waiting to do something else with him later in the season. And um, and I just remember, to, you know, tonight is the episode when we're actually going to see a flashback of Tommy. So that's going to be so much fun. I love Tommy. And uh, but. Uh, no, but I I like Iris a lot too, and I like that she is getting deep into this journalism thing. She is um, because I, I remember Adam did, didn't we talk about this months ago that she was supposed to be studying psychology or something like that? Yeah, that's right. And you know, Iris is a journalist in the comics, so to have her go from that to a psychology major in the show was sort of like. Okay, what are they trying to do here? Uh, well, but at least they're acknowledging maybe, it. Maybe now. they drop it. You know, that's very normal for um, a, you know, for, for a show when you know you put out a casting description. Then when you cast the the actor actress, they may change a few things. What yeah, did you guys? And... Oh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I mean, I was I, just gonna I say, wanna... at least they're acknowledging her sort of investigative side. That's nice. That's very nice. Yeah. What did you all think of that scene where? Um... He's uh, Barry's talking to Iris, and there's things he can't tell her, obviously. Yes. Oh, and, and he does that thing where he freezes time and pops and pops up in these different places around her, and keeps saying what he wished he could say with 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 her actually hearing. That it. felt like a comic book moment. Like that felt like a moment I would see in a comic book where he would literally do something like that, uh, where you know the guy can't tell the person he loves, that he is his superhero, and then therefore does something like that. That, that was hilarious. I, I couldn't stop laughing about that. There was a lot... This episode was a lot more... was a lot funnier than the first one, I think. Oh, there was a lot of good humor. Um, like, Kate I thought his stuff, and Barry doing that, and... Well, I mean, even right out of the gate, I love how the intro, instead of being the usual intro very much like Arrow does, he <laughs> says, this is the part where I say I'm Barry Allen, fastest man alive, but you know all that. So anyway, moving that, on to what this is about. <laughs> that felt like his way of saying, yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing what Oliver's doing. It takes too much time. Yeah. <laughs> Read, um, reading between the lines, but what, what were you going to say? 
Also, I like the fact how early on how he's getting used to his power and, you know, he overshoots the house that's on fire and then he has to uh, run and go get clothes because he shot out of Star Labs without changing clothes. And then he runs into that store and throws something on and someone's looking at, you know, make a comment about, you know, dude, what are you wearing? And he's like, oh, I, I just got out of the house so fast I didn't even notice. <laughs> so, you know, I thought, I thought there were a lot of food together. And, yeah, something and I threw together when I just ran out of the house. Harrison go- and meanwhile, Harrison sits there and and uh, so our lad, he goes, how long do you think it's going to take him to realize that he didn't take his clothes? Right, yeah. You know, maybe what he would, could, what he would need is perhaps someone to storage that, that suit. Maybe, I don't know, a flash ring? Oh. <laughs> Andrew, Greg, and Jeff, I'm looking at you with kind eyes and asking, can we please have a ring? I will later on down the line. I will do anything. <laughs> and I, and also as we're recording right now, the rains just came in for last night's flash episode and uh, it's uh, according to Susan Gomez who retweeted um Inside the Tube from Hollywood Reporter, uh the flash drew 4.1 million viewers and a 1.6 in the 18.9 week too. A strong week once again. Flash is kicking some serious butt and it's uh the final range for the episode was 6.42 for the pilot. So, good good job, Flash. Good job. Well done. Flash just, just up to Nielsen to make sure those numbers are right. Yeah. Oh, oh, I, I, when, when that came out, I was almost pissed in a way. I was like, are you kidding me? We get these amazing numbers for Flash and so on. And now you're telling us that you've been reporting the, the wrong numbers for a whole year almost? I was, uh, I, I almost passed out when that happened but um but let's focus on the villain of this week uh we get to meet denton black uh, aka multiplex captain clone well, no no not really <laughs> down adam no it's okay he came up with something cooler at the end and um so what did you guys think of uh, multiplex um you know I, can't, I, I mean, I, I knew Multiplex was a Firestorm villain before this, so I knew he was going to be a good villain for Barry to face off, off against, just because, you know, having read the New 52 Flash Volume 1, I've read story, you know, a story where Barry has had to face off against a guy who can create copies of himself, and it was good. Um, but then I also kind of figured, you know, it's week two, it's only the second episode. So I kind of figured that Multiplex would only stick around for one episode, but, you know, he, he made a good impression his power, the way they showed his powers at first, you know, when he's in that alleyway with um, Simon Stagg's head of security, the way they showed him multiplying at first was a little weird just because, like, he was vibrating in a similar to, similar way to how kind of Barry vibrated when he first discovered his powers. But, you know, you, you gotta admit, being able to create copies of yourself is a cool power, and uh, he, he, he was a really cool villain. Scott? Yeah, I think that's that. I that definitely stuck out for me. Um, I, I think it's definitely a really cool power to, and definitely something that can overwhelm you. I I couldn't help but think in a couple of those fight scenes, it was Agent Smith all over again, <laughs> being able to uh, uh, multiply himself in the uh, Matrix Reloaded, and you know, and yeah. there was there was. Um, uh, Barry instead of Neo uh, getting piled on by a bunch of multiplex clones, but uh, 
uh, yeah, it was definitely a good villain. Um, how did what did you guys think about how that final battle ended, though? Do you think it was too easy? You know, setting it up to be this overwhelming situation, and then he just managed to speed by all of them, hit enough of them, and get to you know get to the the um, actual guy to shut them all down. Do you think that happened a little too quick? Do you think it could have been more? <laughs> do you think so, it could have? Sorry. Yeah, for. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> you know, uh, no, no, I but, like that. I like and in by the way, before I respond to that question, I just want to point out that the way that he multiplied and so on, it's kind of a good way to how they can do Mirror Master because someone on Twitter was asking me, "Is this their take on Mirror Master?" I said, "No, this is multiply." But then I realized, but wait a minute, but maybe the way they did multiply is how they might do Mirror Master when he does copies of himself. Whoever is going to play him, how they portray him on the show, is is remains to be seen. But it's a it's a it's an interesting idea. But I like that scene. That was my favorite battle scene. As in, it's like it's look. I loved whether it was the last week, but I kind of like Multiplex a little bit more because you got a better backstory of him. You know his motive. You knew his motive a little bit better, and. Uh, the dialogues was also a lot better, honestly, because he was talking about being a god, like what a wizard. But uh, but that last scene, though, it, I liked it. I thought it was, and also you know it was a good timing because you know he'd been going up against I don't know fifty of them at that point. Quite a few. <laughs> and by few you mean a lot. <laughs> yes, Adam, what did you think? Yeah, I mean. I, I didn't. I thought the I thought the way Barry defeated him at the end was good because you know at that point in the show he had just sort of been taking on one clone at a time. You know he'd take him out and go up to the next one, and then once they t- and then once Team Flash told him that the Prime, as they called him, would be the one that's the, we- that's the weakest. I think Barry just sort of figured out. Well, you know, if he's the weakest, that means he's probably not going to be the one attacking me directly. He'll probably be hanging back, watching from afar. So, you know, as we saw Barry do, he just sped through all of them. Went to the back of the crowd, finally saw him, and just, you know, bam, took him out. So, I thought it was good. Now, do you guys think he's really dead? Maybe what, because we saw that he was trying to replicate himself in that last minute as Barry was holding on to him. Maybe it was the clone who fell down, and maybe something else happened to the real one. I don't know. I think it was just weird that they would kill him off already in this one episode. But although, if he's really... A version that, if there's really a version of him that's going to be in Suicide Squad, the movie that, that is supposedly coming out soon, maybe they had to kill him up because the movie division now wants to use him. I, I don't know. It's it's been rumored that the uh, multiplayer is going to be in Suicide Squad, but I don't know. But I I don't think he's really dead. It um it could be a diversion, but we'll see. Do you guys hope well, he's coming back? I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back. I mean, Arrow's done that a couple of times. I mean, Malcolm Merlin's already back in Arrow. So. But, you know, but, he, but John Berman is John Berman, and you can't really kill him off on any TV show. Okay, well... well I want to tell that to the Arrow writers, because they yeah. might have something in plan for him. If they kill him off, he, he's just going to come back, you being like, <gasps> oh, wait, I'm like, not Captain Jack never. <laughs> <laughs> because he always does it on Torchwood. But, um, no, but... Um, I liked multiplied good effect. That I I was surprised by how many I we I knew we saw in the trailer that we were seeing a lot of multiplexes, but I was not expecting that to be that many because there's that scene where they all walk up the stairs to go after Barry, um, before Barry takes them all out. But so it was like 
I think there was at least hundreds of them. And I thought the budget for this show must be big. Big budget. Or just good well, enough. Yeah. Hopefully they can keep it up. Yeah. But let's now move over to some flashbacks. That, uh, <clears throat> wow, I, I cried a lot. Again, because we see Barry, and you know, once again, this is not just a multiplex episode, but this was very much an episode about Barry and Joe's relationship, both in the past and in the present. In the past, we see that he is dealing with, um, he's dealing with, um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm getting a little emotional. Barry's dealing with the fact that his dad is in Iron Heights, and he's trying to visit him, and uh, he's upset that Joe won't let him. And, he's, and you know, he, he does the same thing he does in the present by saying, you know, I, you're not my father. My real father is in Iron Heights, yada, yada, yada. And um, we get this great scene between the, the young Barry. I don't know. What, I, I forgot the name of the actor, but he does a great job, by the way. And we get this great scene between him and John's ship. Yeah, and I think the thing that stood out to me was the moment when his father says, you can't help me. He tells Barry, you can't, you know, I was the one that didn't want you here seeing me like this, and you can't help me. That was Poor probably Barry. one of the most, yeah, <laughs> more powerful moments of, of those flashbacks, I think. Yeah, um, I, like, I don't know if we're going to see flashbacks in every single flash episode, like, you know, the flashbacks in Arrow. But I, I really like the way they're doing these. Like, just it, I'm assuming it falls the same way that they've done these past two episodes, exploring Barry's childhood, you know, how he's dealing with the death of his mother, you know, his father in prison, living with this, you know, living with Joe and Iris. And uh, they were the, these flashbacks this episode were just such a great compliment to the main story. Yeah, you know Barry having to deal with uh, Joe watching over him now and dealing with his father, who you know he's looked up to all his life, suddenly being stuck in prison, and uh, it, yeah, it, it it was emotional. Yeah, I once again I got very emotional about seeing these <laughs> these two basically heartbroken, not being able to be with each other, and. Um, Man, I'm just excited to see how he's going to get him out. Because we know that he's going to get... Henry will get out at some point. And, um... Somehow, I don't know how it will be. But it's... (laughs) Ship is breaking my heart. (laughs) It's... I don't like seeing him in in a prison uniform and being... He looks... He looks so sad when he... When he has scenes with with either young Barry or present Barry, because I don't know. Do you think you think they're doing something horrible to him inside of that prison? No, probably best not to open up that uh, floodgate. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, let's discuss the mystery that is Harrison Wells. By the end of the episode, he he makes a visit to. Simon Staggs, who, by the way, we didn't talk about a lot. Um, so let's just do that for a second. I, I was surprised that he got killed, 
and um, that he was kind of a jerk to Harrison throughout the episode. He was like, "Oh, don't, uh, oh, don't stand up, don't get up, <laughs> don't get up." I was like, that was "Such a low I, blow." I, I was like, "Really, <laughs> really?" And oh my god! By the way, Harrison's slow clap. Can someone make that a gift for me? Most sarcastic clap ever. <laughs> and <laughs> um. What do you guys think of Simon Staggs? I mean, oh. he he worked for like an episode villain, but I don't know. He just, I, I mean, if, if the actor playing him, if the actor playing him was trying to make him just seem pu- not necessarily pure evil, but just like an evil guy, he succeeded. Yeah, William Sadler's great, um, and you know, I, I it's unfortunate that he's. I mean, we talk about the bad guy already being dead, and I think in a way, it was uh, you know. As kind of tough to see him go to. I think there was a lot more they could have done with him. But, I mean, nonetheless, um, the way in which he dies at the end creates more questions because here I was beginning to wonder if Dr. Wells was perhaps Barry from the future. Then he hauls off and <laughs> stabs Stacks, and I'm thinking, okay, well, hmm, maybe, maybe not. So, uh, you know, even though I would have liked to have seen more, um, uh, William Sadler in the show, it definitely, the way it ended, created uh, potentially a few more questions um, as to, you know, deepening that mystery of who Harrison Wells is. So Harrison shows up at the end. And once again, I love these post credit scenes that we're getting uh, for The Flash. I'm hoping that the DC movies will actually do that in them. In the next couple of installments, but he shows up and they talk about the red streak and um, it stacks basically says, "Oh, I'm gonna go after him," and because, <laughs> yeah, because you're totally capable of that, Mister Stags. Not really, but um, but Harrison says to him, "Well, he well his name is the Flash, or at least he will he'll be known by that one day," and he stands up. And uh, will will the real real Slim Shady please stand up? I I was that that song seriously started to play in my head when Harrison stood up, and I was like, "Give the man a microphone and let Tom Cavanaugh rap for a second. <laughs> freestyle, <laughs> yeah, freestyle. And um, and he's he basically says that I'm not gonna let anyone stop the Flash, and uh, he kills him. He kills Stags. Now, let's discuss this, and this is probably going to take up a couple of minutes of our recording, which we, I don't mind, but good guy or bad guy? Adam, let's start with you. Well, oh man, loaded question. Um, I, you know, it's hard to say, but I think at the, at the very least, he, okay, let me start by with this. At the end of the pilot, all we saw was him looking at that headline with the flash from the future. But we didn't know if he had sinister motives for Barry or if he was looking out for him some way. Now in this episode, you know, he is just stabbing guys, which took me by surprise. But at the very least, we know he's in his own way trying to protect Barry somehow. Although from what? You know, that still remains to be seen. Um, I don't know. It's... It's tough. I'm leaning towards good guy, but he's accomplishing things in a bad way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 get, I get what you mean. Um, yeah. Scott? Um, 
Could he be a bad guy? I mean, could he be a good guy with a bad streak <laughs> and be a little bit of both? Ah, oh, um, uh, streak. Uh, yeah, streak. see, I'm loaded with these today. <laughs> um, I actually saw a little bit of the discussion about this on our uh, Facebook group page. Um, Andrew Stacy had posted something that said, so who thinks Dr. Harrison Wells is the future Barry Allen? And there are a number of responses to that. But Kyle Wilson says he could still be future Barry. In the current comics arc, future Barry is disgruntled after a major loss and travels back in time to fix his past ah. in nefarious ways, murder, etc. So they're, they're, they're thinking about that they're, they're adapting Robin Deddy and Bon Jensen's current arc of The Flash. Mm-hmm. That's, that's an interesting theory. I... Now, personally, I think that he is a good guy, but who is a little bit twisted. I think that maybe his mind was stable when he came to the present, to you know, to our time. But after the accident, even though his brakes w- didn't die, <laughs> as it's been meant to believe right now by the others, he, I think something in his mind snapped. I think he got mentally damaged after the accident maybe that's why he's now taking these high measures to protect barry um well and think and and if he is you know and i'm not saying he is but i i understand the theories you know if you were future barry allen you know and you come here and you become dr wells you would want to do as many things as possible to make people think you weren't the flash and what's a good way of doing that well I'll put myself in a wheelchair and make it look like I can't even walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would, yeah. Um, going off, like, just on this idea that he could possibly be a future Barry, you know, time travel is going to be a huge element of this show. And uh, as people who have watched a lot of time, uh, time travel movies or TV shows know, you know, it can, I mean, not always, but it can be rewritten. So if Wells is the future Barry, what happened to him in this other timeline that he's trying to change? Because if you look at that newspaper headline, it's still, you know, Barry is older, but it still kind of looks like Grant Gustin. Uh, Wells is obviously older than however, however old he is in that picture. So what happened to him in the future that he would feel the need to come back to the present and change everything? I mean, obviously it must have been something horrible, but, um, you know, it's curious. I really want him to be a good guy. <laughs> um, I really wanted him to be a good guy from the future. I still think he could be Jay Garrick. Yeah, well, an adaptation of Jay Garrick because you know, I haven't read Jay Garrick in that many comics, but I don't remember him randomly stabbing people. Well, <laughs> Adam, it's called a different take on the Fair. character. Fair. So... I'm just saying, but um, no, but this mystery is so compelling to follow, and you know, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? That remains to be seen. I think he might be a little bit of both, but I'm hoping he's a good guy who's just twisted. But um, Tom Carey, he owns his role. I'm, I'm, I love that they brought in a, an original character that could potentially be anyone. He could be Jay Gary, he could be a future Barry Allen, he could be Reverse Flash, he could be, yeah, some of those characters. But, um, but, uh, 
let's talk about some Easter eggs before we head into the next section. Um, Adam, uh, we I, I believe our good friends over at comic.com put together a nice list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say, and I mean, you can't have every episode be Easter egg heavy, but there weren't as many um, in this week. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny, though, even with Super Speed, Barry still ended up being late this episode, which... I'm sure will be a recurring thing throughout the season because even with Super Speed, he's still he's still gonna have those times where he just shows up late to an well, important event. He will he will get faster and faster. I think that's the case. Yeah, um, as we all know, you know Barry was fainting and it basically he wasn't a uh, absorbing enough uh, calories, and so it was good to see them acknowledge like. And I remember they did this on the Justice League animated series. He needs to eat a lot of food mm-hmm. just to keep up yeah. normal strength. And uh, at first, I was like, "Wait, so are they just going to show him like devouring like not even a three course meal, like a five course meal?" But I'm glad that well, they came. But up what with- does this go say? He said something about you need to eat like 850 tacos, and then he yeah. says, and so that's something. He said something else that was so hilarious that that would that would add. Different layers oh, he was talking equation. about uh, like cheese and guacamole or, or sour cream that could do yeah, all so. new calculations. And then right at that moment, Taco Bell and Taco Bueno were calling the CW <laughs> <laughs> for product placement opportunities. Um, that would be amazing, but um, <laughs> well, but I'm glad that they had those protein bars created for him. Just yeah, that, that's that's things. a very good nod to not just the comic books, but also to. The animated shows. I remember Wally West on Young Justice. He would have these, those power bars that he would have on his, on his wrist, um, whenever he would need more energy. And uh, so that's a good nod, very good nod. Yeah, uh, we mentioned this earlier. Iris is starting to delve into journalism. Her comic book incarnation, of course, is a journalist. So, uh, you know, maybe she'll follow on that same path. Uh, Simon Stagg, obviously, and by the way, it, it, since he's been killed, that kind of sucks for Metamorpho fans. I mean, there was no guarantee that they were going to introduce Metamorpho on the show, but I don't know. It would have been cool. But wait, is, is he? Is wait, Metamorpho is that a character? Or is like I I don't I'm not really aware where. Oh, he is. well, I mean, in the Arrow universe, uh, I, th- I think last season in Arrow season two, they showed uh, Metamorpho as like a logo of a company on the side of a truck. I was kind of holding out hope that they would actually introduce the character who can, he's kind of similar to this element woman character in the new 52. He, she, he can transform his body into different uh, elements, you know, make it, make his uh, body stone hard or transform into a vapor or something like that. But, um, it could, but he could still show up. Why would we need stags? Well, stag is important to his origin in the story. I think, uh, you know, it's been a while since I've, I've read his origin, but I think uh, it was an industrial accident from one of uh, from one of Stag's experiments that uh, transformed Rex Mason into Metamorpho. But who? But who is to say that he didn't already do this experiment uh, before we sh- this this show started? Well, that's fair. Yeah. So if they do bring back William Sadler for another episode, maybe in a flashback, maybe somehow this character will be created, whether it's due to the particle accelerator or an experiment that. Uh, Stag was running that he knew he shouldn't have been running, but somehow Mason got stuck in and you know transformed. So yeah, you're right. There is a possibility he could have. Yeah, I mean, because I kept seeing so many people commenting on Twitter last night, being like, "Oh, we cannot now. We can't see that character because he died." I was like, "But, but we we can still see him. There's a, there's 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 ways to to circle around that." 
That's true. No, you're definitely right about that. Yeah. No, but I understand people's uh, concern too, but it was just that people were so upset about it. And I was thinking, well, I, and like I said, I didn't know much about the characters, so I have no idea. But what other Easter eggs did we have? Well, I would say that the most important Easter egg of all was, of course, the treadmill. The frick, I want to curse, but um, the effing treadmill. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we saw Bear, we saw the team Flash running those tests on Barry on this just gigantic and you know Star Labs uh, treadmill, which uh, I, what 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 is it? He Cisco'd it out. Cisco, <laughs> that needs to be trending on Twitter. But yeah, for those for those not necessarily familiar, uh, in the comics, Barry has the cosmic treadmill, which allows him to control what time period he travels to, whether it's into the future or into the past. So uh, a hint at what's to come, maybe. Cool. And, but I think that's a good place to stop with Easter eggs, and I think we should just um, give our rating of this episode. I'm going to give it another 5 out of 5. Great follow-up from last week's pilot, and um, oh, I'm loving this show so much. Guys, what do you think, uh, rating-wise? Uh, let's see. Let me think about this. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with my 10-star rating system. I'm going to say 9 out of 10. Okay. Scott? Uh, as, as I've mentioned, I generally like to do this via uh, grade. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, to be a little different, maybe. And I would give it, um, I'd say, a, 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 a pretty steady B+. Okay, cool. So, basically, we were all happy with the episode. Yes. Yeah. So, now, now, guys, listeners out there, it's time for you to get your tweets responded uh, about last week's, uh, about, not last week's, this week's episode of The Flash. So, we're going to speed through some of these tweets and uh, response from, that we have. So, Scott, what did the speedsters on the internet have to say about this week's episode of The Flash? Well, first up, we have a hardcore fangirl. Uh, who says, um, only the best show on television, <laughs> loving every second. It's funny, it's heartfelt, it's perfect. Hashtag The Flash, hashtag Sorry Arrow. <laughs> That's a shame. Geeky Geeky Ways says, great stuff, but I wish they hadn't killed that one baddie off so quickly. Lots of room for him to take, uh, let me read that again. Lots of room for him to make more heroes. Jet Jacket says, Thoroughly enjoyed it. I think the actors are fitting into their characters like a glove. Hashtag The Flash. Fanson181 says, Loving the storylines and plot twists, and it's only the second episode. Tony Guzman19 says, Wells has to be Reverse Flash. What <laughs> other time-traveling murderer that is obsessed with The Flash can you name? <laughs> <laughs> True. Touche. Okay. Uh, Flash and Arrow says, love at Jesse L. Martin's character, but how about Tom Cavanaugh's? He has me feeling some type of way. Uh, Derby Kid says, I figured I wasn't the first one, but I still want, I still want to hashtag it because the show is awesome. Hashtag Flashtastic. Indeed. Indeed. Ballard Don says, I know I'm late, but had to pause it. 
It hurt when Barry told Joe, you are not my dad, even if I do adore John Wesley Shipp. D. Mitchell, 0307. This episode knocked it out of the park. It was amazing in every way. I love the show so much. Hashtag The Flash. Riozen92 says, The episode was really good. Can't wait for next week's next week when it's also when we also get Robbie Amell. So about that. Katie C24 says this episode was more epic than last week. It was an edge of your seat kind of episode and Wells and that ending. <laughs> Sarah 2117 says I loved it along with Arrow. It's my, my and my family's favorite new show. I love the humor, the heart and the family friendliness. Mike Schmidt, 09, says, Another great episode, still trying to recover from that ending. DCU Movie Page says, Solid as a rock. Terrific episodes, kudos for the emotional moments. Alex Chapman says, Fantastic action-packed episode with wonderful emotional moments, liking all the characters. Spartan Town says, The Flash tonight was fantastic. Watching Barry grow into the role of a hero is endearing and exciting. Flash City says Cisco and Barry's friendship is amazing. I love Iris's character development and the great cast assembled chemistry. I love Wells. D Silverside says it was good until the end. At the end, I got something in my eye and a sudden case of the sniffles, which ruined it a little. Aww. <laughs> I think there's one more. Yes, one more here. Uh, Craigsmas Max says, Dialogue was a bit clunky and cheesy at times, and I wish they hadn't killed off two great characters. It was great to see some jokes used from the old Flash TV show, though, eating all that pizza and speeding up the test tube. Oh, yeah, that's right. He did that thing with the test tube. Yeah. yeah I forgot that. And I also think we have we also have an email from uh, our good friend Shag Matthews, who is a webmaster of FirestormFan.com, and who, and, who, and who did a few episodes with us in season zero. So, Scott, what did ha- he had to say about uh, this week's episode? Shag says, "So exciting seeing da- Danton Black come to life." 30 years I've been following the character of Firestorm and his rogues. It still doesn't feel real that this is happening. Michael Smith was engaging as Danton Black, but his interpretation felt more like the T-1000 than Multiplex from the comics. Smith's version was very entertaining and engaging, just different than the source material. Looking forward to Ronnie Raymond's flashback scene next week. Awesome. So glad to hear that he enjoyed it because uh, we were talking about Multiplex, he and I, off microphone as well as on the show. And he was very excited to hear about Multiplex and he would bring him up a lot in our conversations. And um, no, But yeah, I, I think uh, generally everyone seemed to love this episode. We had a lot of tweets, you guys. So, uh, you know, and we only had time to pick out a, a couple of them. So, but, uh, but everyone seems to love this episode and it was, yeah, I loved hearing everyone's responses on seeing on Twitter because our Twitter feed once again exploded. I couldn't find anything to begin with. Well, and you know, I, I, you know, I, I think it's definitely great to point out that so many people are enjoying the episode. But the other common theme that I think is really good um, for this show, as far as fan response is concerned, because this, you know, doesn't always work, 
is people are responding to what the show is trying to generate from an emotional standpoint, whether it be the relationship between uh, Barry and Joe or the flashbacks as a kid uh, or his connection to Iris. Um, the, the emotional elements of the show are resonating with the audience, which, you know, is, is definitely a key to a successful program like this. Totally. But guys, thank you so much for all your tweets and responses about this week's episode. Remember, if you want to be part of this show every episode, every week, tweet us at the Flash Podcast on Twitter, or you can email us your longer thoughts at to the Flash Podcast at gmail.com and we will read it on the show. We have so much fun reading your responses and uh, it makes it makes us happy that you can be part of the show aside from just listening to it. So thank you guys so much. And we're going to now get to our links and our plugs before we get to the spoiler section for next week's episode. Um, you know where you can find the podcast at theflashpodcast.com, the official website of the podcast, on Twitter at The Flash Podcast, Facebook.com slash The Flash Podcast. Join our Facebook group, The Flash Podcast. Uh, also make sure if you want to talk about the show right away after the episode is aired, uh, one of our moderators and admins, uh, David Rosen, uh, who does a great job for us over at The Flash Podcast group, as well as um, Quiver the Green Arrow Podcast uh, Facebook group run by Michael and Amanda. Great people over there. Uh, and he sets up spoiler threads every week so if you want to come and talk about the flash right after it is aired join our facebook group and you can be part of that too and you can find us on google plus on the the flash fan circle page via hank from tv fanatic great guy great writer and uh, subscribe to us on stitcher radio and itunes rate subscribe and review us we would really appreciate to hear everything you have to say about this podcast as well as a tv show and uh, make sure to check out mike schmidt's flash oprah at soundcloud.com slash flash oprah he's the guy who did our theme song so thank you mike so much and sponsors and friends at tv tag at tv tag as well as at tv tag flash on twitter we're proud members of the mixed radio network and we're actually our pilot episode is actually going to air tonight on the mixed radio network and every wednesday at 6 p.m eastern time you will hear our episode live uh, so this week you will hear the pilot but we also released this episode on the flash podcast website and you can find us all, and also we want to thank sap to who shares our episodes and we have a great team up with them and also to our good friends over at the stream tv who does their uh, flash after show every tuesday night at 9 p.m you can find it on twitter at the stream tv and you can find them on youtube just type in the stream tv and you can subscribe and you you can find all their after shows and you can be part of them live and if you have any questions about the podcast or the flash email us at the flash at gmail.com okay adam where can people find you on the internet the best way people can find me is on Twitter. I'm at Mr. Adam Holmes. Uh, I talk a lot about geek stuff, whether it's Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, whatever. Talk a lot of geek stuff. Uh, I'm also <clears throat> a writer at Cinema Blend, where I mostly comic, cover comic book uh, movie and TV projects. So uh, be sure to check out my articles. And you, Scott, where can people find your work on the internet? Uh, on Twitter, I am at Mr. Scott Murray, and uh, I am also a host and the producer of the Assembly of Geeks podcast, 
We're at assemblyofgeeks.com. In fact, our latest episode, we talk a little bit about The Flash and many other things. We managed to shove in a lot of geek topics into just over an hour. And in fact, we talk um, on this episode a little bit about one of Adam's recent articles on Cinema Blend about a Archie and Predator crossover comic episode. <laughs> <laughs> that would be That would be something cool. But uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Anibak because I just don't bother with the Mister. And uh, not not to knock you guys off, but you know I didn't have a choice. <laughs> That's what a broke game. So many Adam Holmeses out there. Well, there's yeah, only one, and there's only one Anibak. But uh, but guys, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Flash Podcast. We're gonna now talk about spoilers after the music and the trailer. But if you're not sticking around for the spoiler section, I'm Anibak. I'm Adam Holmes, and I'm Scott Murray. Thank. you. Lord, you said your last name this time. And we will see you next time on the Flat Podcast. Welcome back to the spoiler section. And what you just heard was the audio for the trailer for next week's episode of The Flash called Things You Can Outrun. And Adam is now going to read you the official description of that episode. Yes, I will. Uh, here it is. As Barry and the team at Star Labs work to capture Kyle Nimbus, played by guest star Anthony Kerrigan, a.k.a. The Mist, a dangerous new metahuman with toxic gas powers, they revisit the painful night the particle accelerator exploded and killed Caitlin's fiance Ronnie played by guest star Robbie Amell. Meanwhile, Joe finally decides to visit to, decides to finally visit Henry in jail after all these years, but things take a dangerous turn when Kyle shows up looking to punish Joe for arresting him years ago. Meanwhile, Iris and Eddie continue to hide their relationship from Joe. This episode is directed by Jesse Warren, written by Alice Schapker and Grian Godfrey. I probably butchered those names, but I apologize. And, um... Yeah, like Adam said, this is this episode will mark the first appearance of Robbie Mills, Ronnie Raymond, who you will see in a flashback. And photos has been released. Uh, you can check them out over at flashtvnews.com. Great friends over there. And uh, and yeah, it looks like we're gonna see a very happy Caitlyn this that that week, and not as loud as and and as pissed off as she was this week. And um, and so it's gonna be fun to see. Caitlin before the accident because as Daniel Panberger said to us at Comic Con, she mentioned that that this accident pretty much 
ruined her in a way, and that um, it's it kind of made her very emotional and very she she holds back a lot of emotions and she's very protective of herself. So it's gonna be fun to see a very cheerful and very different Caitlyn than than we're seeing so far in the, in these two episodes and. Um, Something that is a little bit funny with the casting of The Mist is that Anthony Kerrigan, uh, and this is gonna, actually going to affect Gotham in, in a way, because he's actually playing Victor Zaz on Gotham. So, do we know what's going to happen to him in this episode, or is he, do you think he'll be able to do both shows? Well, at this rate, they're killing off villains <laughs> quickly, so... <laughs> so you think he could possibly die next week? Possibly, but, you know, I mean, it's, um, as we have pointed out on more than one occasion, dying on a comic book show doesn't mean you're actually dead, so um, who knows. It's just interesting that they would cast him, and then, I, I, th- I think they did this episode before the first episode with Victor Sass. It's going to air in, couple of, in, a, in a couple of weeks. So I was wondering, like, he was like, oh, I can be on Flash and I can be on Gotham, and <laughs> nothing, nothing bad will happen to me. Yeah, well, I mean, judging from what we've seen of him in this Flash trailer and uh, from what we've seen of Gotham, he looks like he does a good job playing creepy characters. Yeah. So, uh, but what, yeah. Are you, what are you guys excited to see most in next week's episode? Well, for me, I just, I'm always intrigued by, you know, just how the Flash figures out ways to defeat villains with the superpower that he has. And in this case... Um, not only is that happening, but Barry is still kind of himself is, is also trying to get to know what he's capable of when he has to face off against these different villains. So, uh, you know, obviously it's a, a very, um, unique and, uh, uh, tough, uh, superpower, super villain power to face off against considering this isn't just about chasing somebody down. Um, so I'm just intrigued by, you know, how's the Flash going to pull it off this time? And the, the Miss, he looks so creepy. I, I, I'm not familiar with him from the comic books. I, I, I think he's from the comic books, isn't he? Yeah, but I'm, I think he's like a really minor character. Yeah, but but um, that that toxic gas looks looks nasty. Kills off that poor woman. Yeah, I, you know... It, it it's it's such a weird power just seeing it on that uh, on that preview. So yeah, it will be interesting to see Barry like figure out how to defeat this guy. But I'm actually looking forward to seeing the uh, I wouldn't say confrontation the uh, the meeting between Joe and Henry because mm-hmm. this is the first time that those two have shared it. Well, have shared a scene. Yeah. And so I'm looking forward to Jesse sort of you know going to see Henry and basically apologizing because now he knows that. Barry was right about, you know, the man in the lightning killing his mother, so... The lightning man. The lightning man, yes. That's a good name for now. Yeah. But I, I'm excited to see that, too, and... Um, I think that Joe is going to find out in next week's episode that uh, Eddie is uh, dating his do- his daughter. Because well, why... why for long. Because why would they point out in the, in the description that, meanwhile, Iris and Eddie continue to hide relationship from Joe... Oh, I think it's only the Central City Precinct. Yeah, I think it's only interesting if you read it like that. <laughs> okay. It's all but about tone. It's all in the delivery, yes. Exactly. But um well, but look next week's episode looks amazing uh, inter- and interesting, so um I think we're going to stop it at there. So 
Uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us for the spoiler section. Very short section this week. Um, because we don't know much about that this episode so far. Uh, but hopefully we'll have a little preview clip next uh, in the next few days with uh, Robbie Mel as Ronnie. I, that, 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 I'm just excited to see Robbie Mel, Robbie Mel finally being able to play a DC character. Because I know he's been waiting to be part of DC Universe for a long time. But right. um, So yeah, but guys, thank you so much for joining this, this, this episode of The Flash Podcast, and we will see you next week.